Grace and peace to you this morning. It's good to be here in worship with you. As we gather in this place and settle in this place, I invite you to take two or three breaths to enter into worship today. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Watch and listen for the wonders of God. Our God is among us. Watch and listen for the goodness of our God. God moves among us. Watch and listen, for God is here. Our God dwells among us. be seated. Welcome to worship here at Westminster, whether you are a member of this congregation or a first-time visitor or someone back after some time away. It's wonderful to be worshiping with you. In order to allow those who are worshiping around you to know you by name, we ask that during the offertory you fill out the register in your pews, pass it down and back. That also gives us a chance to know if you desire a pastoral call or if you are looking to join this church. For example, next week we have a new member orientation if you'd like to join. So just check that box so that we can be in contact with you. 
Let's join together now with one voice in the community prayer printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Patient and loving God, at times we grow weary. We complain, question, and put you to the test. When we wander off your path, when we fail to follow through on our good intentions, when we give our attention to trivial things, gently call us back to you. Remind us that your love will sustain us. Send us out to share your hope, which brings courage and strength. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of gospel. This house is a house of prayer for all peoples. It is a shame-free zone. It is a place marked by an ethos of love, not of judgment. On a day where we break bread with people from across the world, we celebrate that Christ breaks the bonds of all oppression. And when we pour the cup we recognize that God's love just keeps pouring and pouring out. You don't have to get it right here. You've already been forgiven. You just have to join in the joyful call of Christ. Know that we've been forgiven and be at peace. Amen. At this time, I'd like the children to come forward for a time of discovery. Good to see you here. All right, all right. (laughs) For several weeks, Bethany has been talking to you about communion, right? And, And each of those weeks, you decorated that communion table in a different way to mark all kinds of aspects of what we celebrate at communion. I want to take you back to the beginning and where that celebration got its start. Once upon a time, there was someone who said such amazing things and did such wonderful things that people just wanted to follow that one. And that one's name was Jesus. And Jesus taught the people, even when he was a kid. He had learned so much by the time he was a kid (laughs) that he became a teacher even when he was a boy. And he taught people how to be kind. And he taught people how to be forgiving. And he taught people what was important and what wasn't important. All kinds of wonderful lessons. And at one point, when a lot of people had forgotten what Jesus had taught, forgotten what real kindness looked like and real sharing looked like, Jesus called his followers together and had a dinner party. And at that meal, they feasted, and at one point he took some bread and he broke it, and he said, you know what? This is like my body, and it's for 
everyone, just like God's love is for everyone. And every time you do this, I want you to remember me and all that I taught and all that you learn in Sunday school. And then he took a cup and he poured it out and he said, this cup is a reminder of God's promise to you. It's a new promise. And it's for all times and all places. And it's a reminder of how much God loves you. And God wants you to make sure that everybody has what they need. And every time you drink from that cup, I want you to remember me. Now today is a special day. We're wearing all these colors because it's World Communion Sunday when all the churches across the planet are having this meal. And we wear colors because we're reminded that all God's people, all God's creation comes in all shapes, sizes, colors, accents, ways of being. And God loves all of it and invites all of it to the table. Now, I wonder what it was like to be one of Jesus' followers at that meal when people weren't being so nice and Jesus said, you know what, don't worry, we're going to have a celebration. And I wonder what Jesus felt like when his friends showed up at the meal, even though it wasn't so popular. I wonder what it would be like to taste that bread and that juice and remember how much Jesus loved us. Well, you're going to get to find out. After Sunday school, you get to come back in like you always do. And together, we'll come forward. We'll bring the bread and the juice in. And then we'll get to share with all these other people who come here every week to be reminded of God's love so they can practice it out in the world. Let's pray. Dear God, help us to be like Jesus, to be kind, to be forgiving, to stand up to bullies, and to be friends to all who would have us. Amen. All right, let's go to Sunday school. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love Now is a time when we share with each other, share our joys and our concerns so that we can be in prayer for and with each other during the week. I have just a couple that I would like to share with you. First, we have some folks worshiping with us who haven't been here in a little while. I saw Dasha Ross walk in. It is so good to have you with us. Welcome. Scotty Ald is back with us after not feeling well for a while. It's good to have you back with us, Scotty. Then we have a special guest over here, Brian Best, if you'd raise your hand. He is the executive director of Borderlinks, um, which hosts educational tours and visits and trips at the border. In fact, we sent a group of folks from Westminster down there in February. He's in town after worship. He's going to be with our confirmation class, talking about issues of immigration and refugees. And then after that, he's going to be a sort of at a Borderlinks reunion lunch at Barbro's house. So it's good to have you with us and welcome. 
And also, we've been keeping Kelly Lavick in our prayers this week. She's a deacon here at the church who suffered a stroke recently, was hospitalized for a while, was actually able to go home, and is home now. Her brother's here with her. Um, But she does have pretty extensive, almost daily rehab ahead of her in the coming weeks. Um, So she is going to need some help with some meals, some help with some rides, and we will get together and let you know how we can best support Kelly as she recovers from that stroke. What else? What other joys or concerns do you have? Bruce? Continuing prayers for my great niece. Uh, her outlook right now is very poor. Mm. So. Great niece who has been struggling with brain tumors and various surgeries. Her outlook right now is looking very poor, Bruce says. So prayers for her and your family. Joan? And her name is Joy. Okay, Joy Fawcett, whose mother recently died in a car accident, whose father is in the last stages of cancer. Prayers for Joy. Others? Yes. Yes. Uh, it's a large concern for uh, the island of Puerto Rico and, mm. and a few uh, Yeah. So Hale offers prayers for the island of Puerto Rico, all of the recovery that is ahead of them following the hurricane. Oh, yeah, we already recognize Dasha. Peter's pointing at Dasha. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Sherry. Rob, by the way, that we have a friend visiting today. He was at Brian Harbor. He was a little boy when I became a pastor at my congregation in Philadelphia. Oh, and he was a youth when Rob came in, so Rob was a youth pastor, and now he's grown up and working at Google and studying with these guys. Oh, great. Great. Joy, Rob, and Sherry have a friend visiting that they've known since he was young, and... Now is not as young anymore. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> all right, anything else? Others? All right. Oh, yeah, Scotty. Scotty just saying thank you for all of the support he received from all of you as he was ill. Mildy, I think I saw your hand. All right, so prayers for Marilyn Connect, a church member here who lives with Mildy. Uh, She's not feeling well and is going to have surgery in the next couple weeks. Jim. Jim lifts up the Vietnam documentary by Ken Burns and how it is raising memories for many people in many different ways. Prayers for those scarred by the Vietnam War and all other wars as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's great news. We've been praying for Ryan Brady, a Redwood High senior who was in a bad car accident about a month ago, has been in rehab, and is coming home today. That's a joy. On that same note, prayers for high schooler Dominic Phillips, a member of our congregation, had very extensive back surgery and has had pretty extreme complications with infection, is still in the hospital. Prayers for him and his family. Let's take a few moments now in quiet, and then I'll lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us pray. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people, and they're offered in the name of the one who teaches us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Scripture reading today is Exodus 1, I mean 17, 1 through 7. <clears throat> From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out. So the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from our children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and God's might and the wonders that God has done. In the sight of their ancestors, God worked marvels in the land of Egypt in the fields of Zon. God divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, God led them with a cloud and all night long with a fiery light. God split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. God made streams come out of rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Now, if some of those stories that the psalmist references sound familiar, it's because we have been spending time with them in worship over the last couple weeks. We have been journeying with the Israelites as Moses has led them out of Egypt and away from slavery and toward the promised land. Two weeks ago, we heard the story of God parting the Red Sea so the Israelites could pass safely through and escape the Egyptian army. And then last week, we heard the story of God sending manna from heaven when the people were at their hungriest, bread raining down from the sky. And as Rob talked about last week, as the people got hungrier and hungrier before this manna came, their complaining got louder and louder, and they even began to wish for their old life of slavery. 
No, even that would be better than this. And God and Moses seemed to be doing nothing right. Now, I promise, I was just talking about last week's story. That was from the 16th chapter of Exodus. But my goodness, it seemed like I could just have been recounting this week's story from the 17th chapter of Exodus. Really, if you just replace hunger with thirst, we have a strikingly similar story. So today we heard, as the people got thirstier and thirstier, their complaining got louder and louder, and they even began to wish for their old life of slavery. In fact, they cry out to Moses, Why did you lead us away from Egypt only to kill us and our children and our livestock from thirst? They yearn for their old life as awful as it was. And neither God nor Moses seems to be doing anything right. The people start doubting if God is even with them. You know, they cry out to God, Lord, are you among us or not? Now, let us not forget, this is the God who found them a leader in Moses, who split open the sea for them, who rained bread down from heaven for these people. And yet, the going has gotten tough again, and they begin to question God. They begin to wonder if this new thing to, that God is calling them to do and to be is just a big mistake. Now, I have a clergy colleague back in the East Coast who is struggling with a similar in-between place, kind of caught in the middle between the old and the familiar and the new and the unknown. She has been the pastor of a church for several years, and unfortunately, many of her relationships there have declined to the point where she really feels it's unhealthy for her to continue as the pastor of this particular church. And she very clearly has discerned God's call, urging her on to something new. If only we all could so clearly discern God's call in our lives. But even so, even so, as she considers leaving this church and the greater community and her kids' schools and all the relationships that she has formed through the years, she is devastated. And she can't help but think, as unhealthy as her current work situation is, maybe it would be better just to stay. At least... At least I won't die from hunger or thirst here where I am. Yeah, but the thing is, in these stories from Exodus, the people don't die of hunger or of thirst. They think they might. They are pretty sure that God has abandoned them. But God has not. God is with them. God is providing for their needs. God is sustaining them through their darkest hours. You know, it can be hard to follow God's call. It can be especially hard to follow God's call into something new. The familiar can be so comfortable 
And really, even when the familiar is not comfortable, certainly being a slave in Egypt was not comfortable. Even then, at least the familiar is familiar. But the thing about God is that God is always urging us away from the familiar. God is always calling us into doing and being something new, into new relationships or new communities, into new ways of advocating for peace and for justice. I know certainly when I read the newspaper these days or just take a look around at our nation or our world, I truly believe that God is calling me into new ways of being a bold and Christian witness for love out in our world. God is calling us to new things. Now, I have heard it said that in a church community, one of the most favorite phrases to be said is, but we've always done it that way. It can be so so comfortable to cling on to that familiar. Now, I will say, thankfully at Westminster, that's not a phrase that I hear very often. You know, we are not a community that looks backwards, but we look forwards. You know, we are a congregation that understands that God calls us to new things. You know, in fact, our stewardship campaign, which kicked off last week, has as its theme funding our future. We know how important it is to fund the programs and the ministries and the works of this church for the future. Now, it can be scary. It can be scary to enter into that something new. But it's less scary when we realize that we are not alone. God is with us. And we have each other, too. Did you notice that when God told Moses to go strike that rock with his staff, God also told Moses to take along some of the elders of the community with him. It was important that the leaders of the community be a part of that moment with Moses. Because the leaders of our community are important. They can help to give us the inspiration and the hope and the vision of these new things. I know that I have been inspired by our own church leaders during the stewardship campaign as they have made an effort to claim and own their own role in stewardship. Our stewardship team came to both our deacons and our elders and asked them if they would be willing to have their pledges ready to turn in today, to really take a lead in getting those pledge cards back and turned in. And they wholeheartedly agreed. They recognize the importance of continuing to make sure that this church is stepping out into new things. So many of them are here today. So if you're an elder or a deacon and you have that pledge card with you, I'd like to invite you to actually come forward right now and place your pledge card here on the offering plate that I have on the communion table.
And I'm actually going to get in the back of the line here because we did have one who wasn't able to be here, but they wanted to make sure that their pledge card was turned in today. And so I have it here. You know, the psalmist reminded us today of the importance of sharing the stories and the traditions of our faith with the coming generations. And that's what we do when we fund our future. And I want to thank our elders and our deacons for taking that step. Now, it's not lost on me the importance of having that offering plate on this communion table. Because when we share in this meal together, we remember and we celebrate Jesus Christ. Jesus, who was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when we share in this meal together, we remember our call as Christians to follow Jesus. We remember our call to share God's love and God's hope and God's peace, just as Jesus did. And we do that in familiar and comfortable ways, and we do that in new and unexpected ways as well. So I'd like to share with you a communion blessing. It's by the poet Jan Richardson. It's called, And the Table Will Be Wide. Now I'm going to read it pretty slowly, and I'm going to read it with some moments of silence. And in the silence, I want you to consider what this blessing might mean for your own life. You know, what feels comfortable and familiar? And what new things might God be calling you to do and to be? And the table will be wide, and the welcome will be wide, and the arms will open wide to gather us in. And our hearts will open wide to receive. And we will come as children who trust there is enough. And we will come unhindered and free. And our aching will be met with bread, and our sorrow will be met with wine. And we will open our hands to the feast without shame. And we will turn toward each other without fear. And we will give up our appetite for despair, and we will taste and know of delight. And we will become bread for a hungering world, and we will become drink for those who thirst. And the blessed will become the blessing. And everywhere will be the feast. I like that last line especially. And everywhere will be the feast. As Rob mentioned earlier, today is World Communion Sunday. 
You may have noticed the various breads we had in the narthex as you entered or the various world flags we have in our flowers. We gather with Christians around the world today to remember and to celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us, all of us. May we live into that good news. Amen. this time I'd like to invite forward Harbo Jensen. During this stewardship time in October, every week, one of the members of our congregation is going to share with us. So Harbo, welcome. Thank, thank you, Bethany. I've been asked to say a few words about our men's group called the Men's Connection. About 15 to 20 guys get together every Friday morning over in the fireside room with coffee, uh, muffins, and some fruit. Uh, at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it, it's early. It's, I mean, it's dark early. And, uh, but it allows us to have an hour together and then leave for work at 7.30. While we take turns as discussion leader, the discussion usually rambles off into something else reflecting what's on our minds, what's going on in our lives. And that's very important because it keeps it relevant for us. Now, our church often talks about outreach to solve the big problems of the world, uh, homelessness, hunger, um, and so on, the environment. I like to describe the Men's Connection as an in-reach program. It's aimed at providing benefits for the members of our community. Now, since we're guys, when we talk, we do what drives our wives crazy. Yeah, we try to fix things. We, we don't just listen and say, yes, yes, I understand. <laughs> no, as we kick around ideas, we can't help but offer solutions. And sometimes those solutions really are valuable and work. When my parents were trying to dis wrestling with the issue of whether they should stay in their house or move to assisted living, I got valuable advice from the other men in the uh, group who had wrestled with that same problem 
either for their parents or in some cases for themselves. And perhaps you have experienced a similar moment of inreach, where being in this congregation has provided good advice or emotional support, or as uh, Scotty mentioned this morning. And of course, this inreach support will only be here if we provide the funding necessary to maintain the fireside room and uh, this sanctuary, indeed, this church. So during this stewardship campaign, I encourage us all to remember that it really is up to us to keep this alive. Thank you.
You may be seated. I encourage you to take a look at the bulletin and see all that is going on in the life of the church. Just a couple things to highlight for you. I mentioned that Brian is going to be with our confirmation class after worship. In addition, after worship in the fireside room, we have a special guest coming from St. Vincent de Paul. And she's going to share with us some about the future of the REST program, the REST program which is beginning very soon, um, but has a little bit of an uncertain future due to some funding issues. So come hear from her and talk about not only REST, but sort of the state of especially low-income housing and shelter here in Marin. Next week, we're going to have a new members class. If you're new to this congregation and interested in becoming a member, you are welcome to join us right after worship next week. We have some blue folders upstairs by the church office. Pick one up and let us know that you're planning to attend. Also next week at 2 p.m. in honor of St. Francis, we're having a blessing of the animals. It's going to be at the Mill Valley Dog Park, um, so probably mostly for dogs. But if you have... If you have other animals that you would like blessed, we don't want to leave them out. Bring a picture, come and join in the fun. It'll be a good time next week. And finally, our elders and deacons turned in their pledge cards today. Thank you to all of you. You should have received a pledge packet in the mail this week. You're invited to turn that pledge card in anytime throughout the month of October. If you did not receive a pledge packet, there are some on the narthex table as you leave. And now we come here to the Lord's table. All are welcome. All are invited. As you come forward, the ushers will direct you by the center aisle. Take a piece of bread from the plate. Dip it lightly in the cup. That way you can partake in both of the elements together. Return to your seats by the side aisle. I'll be standing here at the front if you'd like a time of additional prayer. Jesus reminds us to come to the table in peace. So I invite you as you are comfortable to stand and to share the peace of Christ with one another. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. joyful feast of the people of God. Come from the north and the south, come from the east and the west, the table in the kingdom of God. This is the joyful feast of the kingdom of God. Come from the north and the south, come from the east and the west, come sit at the table in the kingdom of God. Amen. So on this World Communion Sunday, we do gather here at God's table, joining with the disciples of Christ in many lands and places. This table is for all people. Christ invited poor and rich, sinner and saint to his table. At this table, he invited the ordinary to become extraordinary. So we too invite all to Christ's table, 
wherever you come from, wherever you are going, whoever you are, come and be fed, come and be refreshed, come and be filled with new life. Will you join with me? God be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to God. Let us pray. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O God. Even when our story began in dust, you were there. Your word was there. Your breath into the lifeless void. And upon your word, all creation sprang into life. When we were in the wilderness, terrified and timid, you were there. Your word was there. With manna enough for today, with water even from the driest rock, with the abundant grace upon which our story always rests. And when we fell short, caught up in power and greed, you were there. Your word was there on the lips of prophets and stories of revelation and liberation, calling us even now to acts of courage and witness and peace. Finally, you sent your son in love and in hope, offering us the gift of new life. Therefore, we praise you, O God, joining our voices with the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. betrayed he took the bread after giving thanks he broke it and said this is my body broken for you and as you eat it remember me this is my body broken for you, and as you eat it, remember me. On the night he was betrayed, he took the cup. After giving thanks, he lifted it up. This is my life, poured out for you, and as you drink it, remember me, this is my life, poured out for you, and as you drink it, remember me. Come for all things are now ready.
come to the table of grace. Come to the table of grace. Come to the table of grace. This is God's table. It's not yours or mine. Come to the table of grace. Of peace. Come to the table joy. Ready to begin the 
Let us pray. For what you have given us, O God, thank you. For what you call us to, thank you. For filling us again, thank you. Help us to be all that you know we can be. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are comfortable for our closing hymn, number 53. Now as you go from this place, know that the love of God, who is our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with you now and always. Amen.